I want to try something with all of you. It's not something that I've done before, so I hope this works the way that I want it to. Okay, all I need you to do is to imagine in your head the image of what I describe. I mean, that's really simple, right? So ready, here we go. The black cat walks down the road at midnight. Okay, I'll tell you again, and again, I want you to imagine what I am saying. I want you to paint a picture in your head. Here we go. The black cat walks down the road at midnight. Okay, do you have a picture in your mind? Okay, good. Now keep that picture there for just a moment. If you read or listen to a story, it's almost impossible not to create a picture in your head. Human beings are story creatures. We often make sense of the world through narrative. So um, it's very natural for us to share stories and to imagine what it is that we're talking about. Human beings have been doing this for thousands and thousands of years, but that does not mean that this is simple. So as someone who tells stories and practices communicating with large groups of people regularly, I can tell you from experience that it doesn't always go the way that I want it to. I can say, the black cat walks down the road at midnight, but that doesn't mean that you are imagining what I am imagining. So what does the cat you are imagining look like? Does it have short hair or is it a long hair cat? Is it all black? Or is it mostly black with some extra colors mixed in? Now, what kind of road did you imagine? A road in a urban area? A rural area? How do you know it's midnight? Are there stars, moon, city lights, or is it all just dark? So when I told Microsoft's AI to make a picture of a black cat walking down the road at midnight, here's what it created a short-haired, completely black cat walking down a paved road in a rural area with a full moon surrounded by barren trees with creepy birds flying in the background. Is this the image that you had in your mind? Is this what you think I mean? Because it's not what I was thinking of. Here's why this matters. The images we create in our mind when we hear a story, they absolutely shape the way that we feel, react, relate, and identify with what's being said, and in many cases with the person who's saying it. And there can be major communication failures when what you envision is nowhere near what I envision, even though we are all hearing the same words. And that does make sense because your experiences and emotional context that shape how you hear a story it's not the same as the person who's sitting next to you, who's sitting next to that person. It's not the same as, as me. All right, so let's do this again. The phrase I'm going to give you is a little bit longer this time, and it's not quite as simple. Here we go. And an angel came to Mary and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by the angel's words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. So there we go. What image is in your head? What are you imagining right now? This is a story that has been told so many times. 
The author, who we call Luke, included this story in his larger narrative about Jesus to his patron, his sponsor, if you will, who he called Theophilus, or lover of God. But I'm curious, when Luke writes his words for his patron that I just read to you, do you think that what Luke was imagining is the same image that you are creating and imagining right now in your head? What are you thinking of? So popular artists heard these words and they created images like this. So how close is this to what you have in your head? Now I'm not a mind reader, but I would guess that for many of you, imagining some, something kind of like this, you know, angels with wings and, and a confident, at peace Mary, well, I imagine that's what you're thinking, because this is what we see on cards and nativity scenes and books. I mean, it, it's really the style that's in a lot of worship spaces. And if this is what you see, if this is even close to what you envision, then you can only relate to the story in a very formal kind of way. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she, Mary, was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This Mary is the Mary of religious icons. This is the Mary of a deep theological debate that gives rise to formal church doctrines. This is the Mary of impeccable faith who you ask in your time of need to pray for you, to intercede on your behalf. And there is nothing wrong with any of that. For many people, that is a helpful, hopeful, powerful picture that they hold on to, and they, sh and they should. But if this is the image in your mind, the only image in your mind, this Mary, this story, will not relate to you personally. It will not take on a meaning that you can hold on to and find yourself relating to in a deeply profound way. These images that, that come from hearing this story in a particular way make Mary a character that is not like you and can never be like you you, which is kind of the point, right? Mary is, is set apart. So I want to show you something. Not everyone hears the story in such a formal way. Some hear it differently and have different pictures in their head. 
I think I've shown this picture before. It's one of my favorites, honestly. It was done in 1850 and looks nothing like most of the other pictures I see um, related to the story that, that you just heard, that I read to you. So in this picture, in this painting, Mary is a kid who is not confident at all. Her face is not happy. She is in the corner of her bed, terrified because her life just changed. Her life is moving in a direction that she was not expecting or necessarily wanting it to go. This is a picture of disruption when everything goes sideways and you don't know what to do. This is the picture of shock. I've made that face before. You have too. We all have. A few days ago, I was listening to someone talk about attending their dad's funeral service. They said that they were in the front row thinking to themselves, is this really happening? I mean, is this really happening? Am I really sitting at my dad's funeral? Because that seems unbelievable. It does not seem possible. That is disruption. That is the face that Mary is making in this picture. If you hear the story more as a disruption to Mary's future plans and the hopes for what she may have wanted her life to be, then Mary's story is our story. It is the story of how you feel when you found out that your spouse cheated on you. It's the story of having to put your life on pause to deal with a serious health issue. It's reading all of the parenting books that you can get your hands on and doing everything that you can, the best that you can, and still watching your child struggle. These are the disruptions to the life we hoped for. So let me tell you why I think this is how the story should be heard or could be heard. One of the things that has always bugged me about reading the Annunciation is that after the angel delivers the message to Mary, most English translations read, but she, Mary, was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of reading this might be. She wasn't perplexed. The word used there means deeply troubled or mentally disturbed or very much upset. So it should be read, but Mary was very much upset about the angel's words and wondered what sort of greeting this is. If you read it this way, it changes the picture in your head. The biblical narrative time and time again tells stories about God being made known and visible in and through the disruptions of life. It is in the depth of her disrupted life that Mary is then told that God is with her and that something good can come and will come even as the course of her life is changed. At some point, you realize that most things in your life are beyond your control. There is what you hope for, it's what you hope for your life, and, and, and many of those, well, they might come to pass, they might come true, but then there are the disruptions where your life diverges from the plan, from the expectations that you have, from the way things should be. And it's in those times when Mary's story hits home. I don't know where all of you are at right now in your own life or where your family is at these days, but I know that there are a lot of people who are feeling the effects of disruption. And it's, it's not hard to experience this as, as things change in our life. 
and our life is always changing. So as we make it to our Christmas celebrations next week, I hope that you can rephrase Mary's story so that you can see yourself in it and seeing yourself find that God is working to bring new life out of the disruptions in your life. This is the good news that we hear today. This is the story that gives us hope. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. As a way of taking this focus text and the reflection on that just a little bit deeper and applying it to your daily life, here are a couple of reflection questions for you to think about, talk with a partner about, or simply journal. Question number one, is your life going according to plan? It's a simple question, but actually I think that's a complicated answer. So think about that. Is your life going according to plan? And question number two, what has been the most unexpected disruption that you've experienced in life? What have you learned from it? Where was God in that moment?